You're listening to Spice Radio 1200 AM, and we are speaking to Margaret Adovgal, Managing Director at Resource Work Society. This week's topic is a Christmas policy wish list. Who's been naughty? Who's been nice? And what natural resource industries are asking from jolly old St. Nick? Margaret, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Monkaren. Now, it's the season of giving, and for those that celebrate, a white Christmas may be upon us in Metro Vancouver. Margareta, let's dive right into it. What's at the top of the Christmas wish list for natural resource industries? Well, it certainly becomes easier to picture a sleigh in the sky and a rotund Santa Claus sliding down each chimney the snowier it gets, and as snowy it has been. Uh, But to your question, at the top of the list uh, for resource industries now is for the federal government and provincial governments to keep responding to the historic Inflation Reduction Act uh, that was enacted this August by the United States Congress. And uh, despite what the name suggests, uh, it's really all about climate action. Uh, We're looking at about $1.7 trillion U.S. in new investment that's going to be generated over the coming decade by leveraging the taxpayer dollars of the world's largest economy. Uh, For example, over $30 billion so far uh, have already been announced uh, in, in new uh, investments for things like green manufacturing since the act became law. And it's a total game changer, completely, uh, globally, but especially for North America. And with our trade partner at the forefront of this massive global shift, we need to be ready to respond. Our mining sector is seeing massive demand uh, coming up for minerals and metals, lots of it for electrification, things like electric batteries uh, for electric vehicles. Uh, And of course, Canada can supply to the U.S. for these things, uh, for the advanced manufacturing that's going to take place. And we can benefit from the huge subsidies because we have this raw material that the United States alone does not have. Domestically, on the Canadian side, this requires vastly improved timelines and permitting processes They're notoriously slow and uncertain right now. Uh, But even in remarkably good circumstances, um, like with the the Inflation Reduction Act, our current timelines do inhibit private investment. So I I could say with certainty that's the number one ask from the mining sector right now. Uh, The energy sector is seeing an opportunity as well, particularly in direct air capture. And essentially that's the best way we can reduce the carbon intensity known as the CI of the industrial production of energy products like oil and gas. You know, as you produce these things, you emit uh, carbon because you're using energy in their production. But if you're using direct air capture, you can capture that carbon from the air. And the IRA is massively incentivizing the use of this technology by effectively paying those who use it, uh, but actually only within the United States. Unlike mining, it's a lot harder for Canada to benefit. And this is because Canada is not the only producer uh, of these products. The U.S. itself makes a lot of oil and gas. Um, so, of course, Canadian oil and gas industries want the Canadian uh, federal investment tax credit to grow, to become competitive, to enable our industries to get to net zero. And we're seeing a lot of this uh, being led by the Pathways Alliance, a group of major energy producers in Canada that want to see us get to net zero by 2050. I'd say those are essentially the top asks of this transformative change that's taking place. How realistic, though, are those requests? Well, that's a good question. Uh, the U.S. is our closest neighbor, uh, are also our largest trade partner, and uh, like I said just before, also the world's largest economy. And, uh, you know, this major shifting of the goalposts um, is, I, I don't think everyone fully sees it yet. Um, I don't think the Canadian decision-makers 
are even fully willing to recognize that we're actually being outflanked on some files. And that's going to have some fairly sizable consequences for our economy down the line. Um, but I would say that our existing carbon capture utilization and storage tax credit, uh, the investment tax credit, uh, it's a pretty good signal that the Canadian government um, still has confidence in our energy sector. Um, but we're also seeing the emergence of a very specific vision of what the energy sector should become, uh, not one that's exactly being shared by business, not one that's necessarily realistic. And I'm thinking a lot about potential long-term consequences of this big shift because we can't keep up with this fiscal firepower. Um, and we, we might even be cut off in an economic sense. Uh, can we get our products uh, to a ready market in the United States? Vast, vast majority of our oil and gas today goes to the U.S. Um, but if the game is massively changing, uh, we essentially have two choices. We can sell more to the rest of the world that has demand for our products in the form that they come, uh, or we can find the, the cash to become competitive uh, with the products that are going to be produced uh, at a very, very different scale, with very different technologies, with a massive fiscal basis uh, from the U.S. taxpayer uh, very, very shortly. Um, so there's, there's a lot there. Um, there's potentially advantages to uh, making Canada uh, an importer as opposed to an exporter um, because the, our ability to provide competitive products under this new paradigm is a little bit reduced. Um, so we do need to think carefully about which things we actually want to invest in. Uh, do our clean fuel regulations keep up? Uh, probably need to increase the value of the credits under, under that regime higher than what any level of government is currently forecasting. So many pieces have to fix, uh, have to line up um, because ultimately we can't fully match that fiscal firepower that the IRA brings to the table. Uh, but we can look at our regulatory efficiency, um, our Canada Growth Fund, very encouraging. Uh, it could work, but it needs to be very targeted. After all, it's uh, only about $15 billion, uh, which is a very, very small sum for, again, the size of the change that's happening south of the border. So it comes down to determining where do we want to play. Uh, if we want to be an exporter, what are the markets where our products would actually be wanted? And also asking, where can we do our best work? What is the highest value that Canada can provide? There's a lot of appetite on the policy front for Canada to emerge as a hydrogen superpower. Um, and, you know, I'd say that there's some sense in decarbonizing heavy industry. Uh, that's something that, for example, the oil and gas sector is already quite invested in. They want to use hydrogen as a way to reduce the carbon intensity of their productions. Um, but individual passenger vehicles running on hydrogen, maybe not. Heavy freight, perhaps. Um, but there's a lot there to look at. And I would say that the real challenge uh, that I would put to government is to create a compelling argument to really articulate what it means for Canada to be an energy producer in this era. Now, Margareta, what's at the top of your Christmas wish list? Well, you know, I like a white Christmas, but I would also <laughs> like to see more of a green Christmas. Um, and I'm thinking a lot about um, sort of this medium, short, medium term competitiveness challenge, um, you know, this investment that we need to attract. Um, but also long, long term, um, you know, what are the types of things that we would need to ensure are in place um, so that we can replace the scale of impact of oil and gas in our economy um, in its current iteration uh, with 
some degree of the investments that I, you know, just listed, the things that we would need to do to uh, become a, a realistic hydrogen uh, producer, one that has uh, a healthy domestic and potentially international demand for our products, uh, for us to really double down on exporting oil and gas products to the rest of the world, and to also uh, get into the niche on some of the pieces around, for example, supplying certain feedstocks uh, that the United States would actually have need for in the next 5, 10, 20 years. Um, because I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of change in what kind of products they're actually going to want from us, very distinct from what we have today. So with all of these, how can we create the case where the Canadian middle class continues to enjoy the boost of a healthy and thriving Canadian energy sector? We have this resource in the ground. Uh, we've developed phenomenal technologies to exploit it, but it's a, it's a real, real challenge uh, to ensure that it can keep up with this huge strategic shift that's taking place. I don't think the energy sector as a whole is going to vanish, but the reality is it's going to become uh, you know, far, far less competitive for what is a rapidly transforming share of the market. Uh, Norway and others, they see the writing on the wall. Um, and in a shrinking market, it becomes a lot harder to capture value. So a few opportunities come to mind. Uh, decarbonization for aviation. Um, you know, long haul hasn't really gotten that level of attention yet. Uh, and that can be addressed through uh, high-value offsets, direct uh, air capture, uh, more sustainable aviation fuel, uh, more conventional fuel users um, probably are going to experience a slower transition. So there's things like renewable natural gas that uh, we already have a strength in and we need to really, really lean into. Uh, Low-carbon intensity bunker fuel for uh, marine shipping. Lots and lots of pieces there to, to look at. Um, but I'd say also in a general sense, we need to get decision makers to help us match the U.S. where it counts. And that's what I mean by wanting a green Christmas. Um, we need to be competitive for human resources and to attract people who have uh, high-tech skill sets to come live and work in Canada to be part of this transformation that we need to have to maintain our economic strength relative to the rest of the world. Um, we also need to look at ways to uh, evaluate our offset methodologies. Um, and what that, what that refers to is um, how we measure uh, carbon credits. So if you're reducing emissions, how are you counting it? Is, is it accountable, ultimately? Is it transparent? Uh, is, is it something that can stand up to a lot of scrutiny? Um, so we need to be pretty proactive on that. And I would say that one vision is uh, our upstream sector becomes zero emissions. We continue to produce. Uh, transition is going to be a little bit uneven. Um, and we do our very best to look at unique angles that only Canada can provide, uh, geological sequestration of uh, carbon emissions. Uh, you know, maybe that's part of our future, along with exporting some oil and gas, uh, leveraging direct air capture to help others meet their emissions targets globally. Uh, and that would require quite a bit of work on the diplomacy file and the climate negotiations, but I'm confident that given that it's key to our self-interest as a country, we should be able to put all of our resources into that question. Lastly, any predictions on who is getting coal in their stocking this season? Well, I'll just keep it quick, but I'll say that uh, it would only be just for those who oppose clean, sustainable nuclear energy to receive a big, fat lump of coal this uh, Christmas season. 
because that's essentially the energy reality that uh, those who oppose nuclear have forced upon many parts of the world through their activism. So I'll leave it on that note, but uh, I really hope that uh, everyone around the world who's uh, facing some tough questions about their energy futures right now is uh, willing to uh, uh, avoid the scenario of receiving uh, a lump of coal from Santa Claus. Margreta, as always, really appreciate it. And I love how you threw in Christmas with the resource industry. I, I really appreciate the creativity there. You take care and happy holidays, okay? You too. All the best. We just spoke to Margreta Dovgal, Magic Director at ResourceWorks Society, and we talked about a Christmas policy wish list, who's been naughty, who's been nice, and what natural resource industries are asking from jolly old St. Nick. Stay with us here on Spice Radio 24-7.